Welcome to the Andy Mazur Podcast. I'm Andy, and thanks for being here. Remember, hit that subscribe button if you like what you hear, wherever you may be listening across the many different podcasting platforms, Spotify, Google, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're tuning in. I've also created a YouTube page and a Facebook page, so just search Andy Mazur Podcast. We'll have some video trailers of each week's podcast, and I certainly appreciate you checking that out. Our podcast is sponsored locally by Roots Pizza with four convenient Chicago area locations. There's sure to be a Roots Pizza near you. Stop in for Quad City style pizza with that sweet malted crust. And don't forget to order the mozzarella sticks. They're unforgettable. I think they're life changing. For more information, head to rootspizza.com. So we're going to switch gears a little bit today and talk movies and the making of movies with a gentleman that's worked on the set of the new Top Gun movie, Maverick. His resume includes Fight Club, Die Hard 2, The Revenant, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and The Last Boy Scout, among others. So here we go. It's Andy Mazur, the podcast, talking movies right now. This is Andy Mazur, the podcast. Your reputation precedes you. I have to admit, I wasn't expecting an invitation back. They're called orders, Maverick. This episode, Andy sits down with one of the extraordinary people responsible for shooting the box office smash, Top Gun Maverick. Veteran cameraman, John T. Connor. What he has to teach you may very well mean the difference between life and death. They'll discuss what it was like filming this movie as well as the other box office hits he's had in a career that spanned over 30 years. Here's Andy Mazur, the podcast. Well, the intros don't get any better than that, especially for a guy that uh, actually knows our big voice man, Ernie Scratton. And that is John T. Connor, who's kind enough to join us here today on Andy Mays of the podcast. Uh, Yeah, you know that guy a little bit, don't you? Uh, We go way back. Yeah, definitely. Kids in the streets playing, uh, you know, at the block parties and, uh, and doing all kinds of crazy kid things. Yeah, that was us. Well, you're supposed to do that when you're kids, right? Yeah, yeah, we stayed past the lights turning on on the street. We, we definitely were the ones out last, yeah. <laughs> Good times. Well, John, I really appreciate taking the time. It's a little bit of a departure for, for the podcast here. We usually talk a lot of sports, and but I, I'm really into music, and I'm fascinated by photography. I, I, I take pictures, and uh, you know, I've actually sold a few here and there, and it's fascinating to me this the, the way an eye kind of develops for for a photographer did you always have that eye when you uh before you got into this well funny enough i i, I was born into it so i've been doing it since i was one uh my dad was in the business uh he, funny enough he operated on the first top gun uh and then 33 years later i operated on the sequel so it was a uh, very interesting uh, turn of events that brought me there, but you know, I, I was brought up in the same kind of crowd, and that's how I ultimately ended on the same movie 33 years later. Um, even though the director of the original movie, uh, you know, had uh, had committed suicide and wasn't on the uh, <clears throat> on the the recent movie, but um, he was going to do it, and he was excited about it, and uh, we were really good friends. I did six or so movies with Tony Scott and uh and commercials and uh played around with him and uh uh, otherwise i would have been into sports but uh yeah the the business kind of took me that way it's not a job it's a way of life kind of like sports you know it it is your life it's everything and uh yeah i just next thing you know 35 years later here i am uh uh you know worked my way up the ladder from the bottom 
you know, there's a little nepotism, of course, as there is in sports as well. You know, uh, Formula One drivers are expected to be as you know better than their dads, and uh, you know, so that was my goal was to be as good, if not better, than my dad. Ultimately, uh, same as any um, any other kid, I think, imagining you know following in their father's footsteps, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, I, I wound up on this movie and uh it was just an amazing amazing once in a lifetime experience uh especially the aircraft carrier portion of it uh was uh you know really wild you know to to even go do uh for you know nine days out at sea uh with no you know no communications which was really cool too because in this day and age obviously we can't live without our uh our devices uh, so yeah, it was um, a very, very wild, cool, cool experience, and and it's great to know it's doing really well too. So that's a, that's a big help for my career. So yeah, and very rarely are sequels judged to be better than originals, and I haven't seen it yet. I do plan on seeing it this weekend, and uh, everybody that I've heard from talks about how this movie seems to kind of grasp people better than the first one did, and I love the first one. Yeah, no, it changed the it changed the world for. A lot of people, uh, mainly in the Navy, uh, you know, as as I talked to everyone in the Navy that was there on the ships, everyone was there because of the original movie. I mean, this is why everybody, it was the biggest advertising uh, situation for a movie ever, you know, and uh, still holds to this day. And, and it affected a lot of people. I mean, a lot of us grew up in that time and uh, it was a pretty... A cool time in the 80s and uh you know that movie was pretty hip and, and it still holds you know you watch it now and it still holds i actually have not seen the movie uh funny enough <laughs> i missed the premiere i was uh working on this show jack ryan uh the season four in budapest hungary um so i missed it by two days but my father did get to go so he's uh you know 85 now and um He's uh, fully retired, and uh, it was just a blast for him to see, you know, the movie and see my name, where his name was, and and all that jazz. So it, uh, it's full circle for that. And uh, but yeah, I'm hoping to see it tonight. So. What, what was your dad's critique? Did he did he give you any uh, did he give any uh, critiques? Uh, no, he said nailed it. You know, uh, <laughs> which is good to hear from him. You know, uh, he he he. he he collaborated with the director, um, you know, and um, and the and the actors and everything to to make it what it was. And and we, with the technology that we have today, I think that's why you know people are saying that it might be a, a better movie in a sense because the technology is just amazing, you know, and and the quality and uh, and then of course Tom, you know, has has uh, you know exploded in in his world uh, as far as power and what he can make. You know, I think right at the end of that, he's like, okay, the next movie's in space, you know, and uh, I don't know if that'll happen, but um, uh, hopefully I'm available. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you get a free trip to space, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, that could be interesting. You know, it's not something you do every day. But uh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great business and it's different every day and it's uh, it's challenging. And uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it's really been a cool ride, but also a tough ride. You know, it's... Uh, you know, getting established and getting your name out there. And, uh, you know, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. So it's a, a business that's pretty small, but also, you know, very big worldwide now. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's good to be on the upper echelon of, of, of movie making and uh, 
and cinema and such. And I'm glad that it's made it through, you know, COVID and everything because, you know, our business, you know, is constantly having to adapt to where we're working or wherever. I was in Chicago on Fargo and got to see Ernie and uh, be back in Chicago where I grew up. And uh, so that was kind of cool. That took me back there. And you never know where you're you're going to go, but it's uh, but it's a great industry, you know, but it's very challenging on the on the family life, you know, of course, like any, you know, uh, sports person or uh, musicians or, or military. It's it's always tough going away. I, you know, I go away for five, six months and come back and uh, it's uh, it's really tricky, but it's uh, it's what we love to do. So much in there, I want to dissect here. I want to, I want to get back to the to the actually being on the set and, and the movie in just a second. But you you mentioned something too about the technology, and I can only imagine what the differences be between the first time you were behind the lens and the last time you're behind the lens, and just what light years we are now ahead of things, and how much easier it is to do your job. Not that your job is easy, but it makes it. I'm sure it makes it a little bit uh, less challenging at times. It, it got a lot easier for what I did for 25 years is I pulled focus and the technology around that is almost, you know, almost pulling focus is almost automatic at this point. Uh, there's still quite a lot that, you know, is technical and you do need good people doing it. Uh, and I, there are good and bad people out there um, at doing it. But it, it was one of the more challenging jobs on the set. Uh, you know, and when it was filmed, you didn't know how you did until you saw the dailies, the, you know, the, the, the film the next day. So you would go home really not knowing how you did and hoping you did. And it was one of the most jobs, you know, that got fired from, you know, it was a tricky situation. So, yeah, now with digital, you know how you did when you go home at the end of the night and it's a lot less stressful. <laughs> you know, the weekends were really tough, you know, and you, uh, come back to work the next day. And luckily I had a really good, um, uh, run of, uh, I was never fired. And I was, you know, one of the top in my, uh, field for that. I got a lifetime achievement award for that. And, uh, you know, my last movie was the revenant. So I went out kind of on a big movie, really difficult, high, you know, high stakes situation. So, um, so yeah, that was a good career there. And now I'm, you know, uh, moving up to the top job, which is the cinematographer and, um, trying to be the, um, you know, the main person on the, on the camera department. You know, it's interesting because listening to you describe the way you had to go through the business, it's, it's every business. I mean, I'm telling you, you know, in sports, uh, I was doing play by play and, and, you know, you, you start on the, the high school ranks, you start to go to the college ranks. You know, I eventually worked my way up to the big leagues and, it's just amazing yeah. how that uh, how that transcends not just what I do for a living, but what you do for a living. Yeah, no, it really is, and it's fun to watch both. You know, it's fun to watch people coming up in sports, and you know, in in the high schools to college to pro, and you know, it's yeah, it's the same same kind of same kind of situation, and uh, you know, it's really great when people stay humble, uh, and that's one thing that I've tried to do. Watching my father and how people really respected him. I've really tried to mold myself because it's a challenging business, you know, patient, you know, patience and, and, uh, stress and, uh, you know, it, it's all there. And, and I think actually the movie behind the movie would be amazing, uh, of what goes on behind the scenes, uh, you know, of movie making obviously and pro sports as well and all, all things, but, uh, what it takes to, to actually make, you know, it takes a village and it's, it's, uh, it's a great collaboration of, of a team. 
Yeah, yeah. What, it, what it takes to make the donuts. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, you just want to eat the donuts. You don't really care sometimes yeah. how it gets put together. But it's all yeah. about that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. It is it's, a, it's a great, intricate working part that we all do to make it happen. And it feels really good, you know, a movie coming out like this, doing really well, uh, getting notoriety. I mean, I get texts every few hours uh, saying something, you know, and that doesn't happen very often. That's, I mean, maybe on The Revenant it happened. I also worked on Fight Club many years ago. You know, I got a bunch of accolades for that. But it's far and few between of the, you know, the the championships or the, you know, the, you know, you, it's a everyone's a championship team, but you, you don't always get there. So it's it's always nice to uh, to be in that uh, in that winning circle, so to speak. All right. So take us inside a little bit here about uh, about actually making the donut and what a day is like on a set and. You know how much prep there is even before the 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 actors get on the get out of the set, and how much time you actually spend, you know, before they even show up. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all about prep. Uh, that's the key uh, in anything. Again, uh, sports and everything. It's like you got to be uh, ready for it. And you know, uh, Jamie Fox, I worked with him on a on a movie uh, about sports uh, called All Star Weekend, and it's about basketball. And, uh, you know, the, it and unfortunately didn't make it out and maybe will someday, but we did it about four years ago and uh, he directed it. And it's the first thing he directed and he acted in it and he played three parts. It was fantastic. We had all star cast. Um, but uh, you can look it up on IMDb. I think it tells a little about about it. But it was when Curry, you know, was at a different team. And so it's not even really relevant now. So I don't know if it'll come out, but um but anyway, he said, you know, making a movie is like a playing basketball game, like with a bunch of people, like a pickup game. And, uh, you know, you throw the ball at one person and it goes out of bounds. And, you know, the first time you play basketball with anybody, it's just it's crazy. And the second time you go out and play, you know, you, alley-oops are happening and, the you know, the passing and, the you know, the assists and everything and everything works really well. But it's, you know, as he said, it's really tricky. So it's about prep. But. You know, the first time you put a bunch of people together, no one knows how things work. It's a, it's like a new team, you know. Uh, so it's really tricky, but, um, you know, everyone has a job to do and everyone's really good at it. And that's why they're there. They're all hired by the producer and they hire the best people they know and put them together and hope they're a team that works. Uh, and uh, it's all about the prep again. Um, but, you know, making a movie like this, there's also, you know, safety concerns. Um, you know, I've almost been killed a few times. Uh, my dad was almost killed at least three times. Uh, you know, he was on the set of Twilight Zone where the helicopter came down and killed three people. And, uh, you know, we go home at the end of the night and, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a dangerous thing that not many people really realize. We take safety courses, safety classes, you know, but, you know, a, a cinematographer was killed on a set as we all probably heard uh you know last year uh with a gun that was loaded but wasn't supposed to be and don't even still really know where that's going it's so yeah it's a, it's a really un for many years it was like a circus you know it was like we're traveling circus and we're like carnies like we there were no rules there was no osha barely was involved there's no safe there's no regulation in the movie industry it's the one business that was not regulated at all so you know, accidents happen and we push the envelope all the time and uh, definitely push the envelope on Top Gun with, you know, 
uh, everything and stunts and, and flying and obviously. Um, but again, it comes down to the prep and the, you know, and the, all that, all that goes into the thought process of all the, all the people. It's uh, it's pretty crazy business for sure. And, you know, with technology, you get the CGI, you get the computer, you get generated graphics and things like that. But what you see is really, it has to be shot through that lens. I mean, it's, it's still a dangerous situation if you're, you know, if you're on an aircraft carrier, for goodness sakes, you never know what's going to happen out there with, uh, yeah. you know, planes coming down and you're, you know, you're where you are and you have to get the shot. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's pretty wild and pretty cool. You know, I mean, we used to do horse, you know, Marlboro commercials with horses and, uh, you know, we've had cameras trampled over and people almost hit and, uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing experience, but, you know, it's just good people all around making it happen. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a real, real fun team, uh, situation at the end of each film. You have a, you know, you have a family and then you all split up and, you know, sometimes you see each other again and sometimes you'll get teamed up again. And sometimes there's another sequel. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see, uh, if this spawns a whole, uh, um, franchise of uh top guns all right so the the camera operating uh, on a movie like top gun i mean we're we're taking inside the cockpit uh you're, you're kind of outside the cockpit you're kind of flying alongside of these guys i mean it's got to be the thrill of a lifetime first of all but yet how does all that work because you know you're working in such a confined space uh with a with an aircraft uh with an aircraft like that you know, the ones that they're flying yeah, I mean, we came up with the technology again, came up with a very small camera Sony made uh, called the Sony Venice. And uh, uh, in this Rialto mode, the camera kind of pops off the main part of the camera and you can put it anywhere. And it's just a little module with a lens on it. And, uh, you know, we had six of them in the, the aircraft shooting the actual pilot and then shooting backwards at the, you know, at the actors that are actually in the plane, making it look like they're flying. Um, but, um, you know, it's, so I don't actually get to operate too much on that. Those are considered lock off shots. And I just stayed on the ground and the planes took off. We came back and, you know, we've set the cameras and set them to the height of the people. And, and, you know, there was a lot of research and development, obviously with the camera assistance and, you know, getting everything, everything had to be approved from the FAA, the, you know, the military, I mean, cameras mounted on, you know, that's not really something they do. So there was a lot of collaboration between, you know, the military and the camera people and something that's not really done that often. You know, we jump into things wherever it is, you know, um, and um, and people love, you know, stepping up and doing something cool. Um, you know, I mean, I was on the aircraft carrier and the planes were taking off in a direction and I, I wanted the sun behind them. And I asked the uh, captain of the aircraft carrier if we could turn the ship. <laughs> and uh, he's like, um, you know, because originally when Tony Scott shot the movie in 84, uh, 85, um, he wanted to turn the ship. And the military was like, well, that's going to cost $10,000. And then the producers were like, yeah, we're not paying for that. And Tony was like, I'll write you a check. And uh, supposedly he wrote a check and, uh, and paid him ten grand to turn the ship. So anyway, cut to, you know, two years ago when I'm on the ship and everyone had left. Uh, Tom Cruise had left and the main crew had left and they left me, uh, you know, for two days to shoot on the ship. And Tom was about to launch off the ship and he came up to me and he said, uh, shoot good shit. And then he took off. So uh, that gave me, you know, 
uh, creative license for two days to run around the ship and get cool shots. And then to this scene where uh, I wanted to turn the ship and uh, the captain uh, or the guy, the liaison below called up to the captain and the captain said, uh, yeah, sure, we can turn the ship. Uh, you know, the pilots are going to be flying into the sun with a crosswind, which is we don't normally do, but it's for the movie. So, guys, make it good and make it cool. And uh, they did it. So it was pretty awesome to, um, you know, to have that uh, kind of uh, happen, you know. Yeah, times have changed. Times stuff. have changed, right? <laughs> yeah, but the camera operating was, you know, generally really tricky. Uh for most of the dialogue scenes and the scenes in the movie, you know, Tom is very much involved. He's very intense and uh, he knows what's good. And we ended up reshooting a bunch of the movie because once he saw it, he wanted more dynamic shots and this and that. And so we went back and went to every scene in the movie and, and added a little bit. It was uh, unlike normal movies, you know, we finished the movie and then there's a couple of maybe days to put things together and do a little couple extra shots here and there, some planes flying by. Um, but, uh, yeah, we reshot for six months, uh, to make it, uh, cool and all, you know, uh, backed by Tom and, and what he, you know, what he wanted and, and what he thought was cool, which I think he did, you know, pretty damn good job. But, uh, but it's a very intense working environment. It's, uh, it's no walk in the park. Uh, that's for sure. When you're on set. I would imagine too, uh, it's, it's kind of intimidating at times perhaps to work with, uh, with some of these stars that have been in huge blockbuster movies and have that yeah. name recognition. And then you see them walk on this set and you're like, Hey, that's Tom Cruise. I mean, I mean, yeah, I've had the same thing with, you know, when you, when you try to go interview players that are all stars and, uh, yeah. and hall of famers, I mean, I imagine it's the yes. same kind of feeling. Exactly. You're just in awe and just, you know, what they've been, what they've accomplished and what they do, what they stand for. It's every- it's everything. Yeah. Uh, we call it the pucker factor. <laughs> uh, it, it's, uh, you know, um, yeah, there's, uh, some people that didn't make it through, you know, some people that were let go and, um, you know, and, uh, it's tricky, you know, it's very intense, but you really have to be a chameleon, uh, and adjust to, you know, the, the, the situation, uh, wherever it is. So, uh, yeah, it's truly, uh, truly, a, a wild business that, uh, uh, really and really enjoy doing I, I can't imagine doing anything else well maybe race car driving but the thrill <laughs> you can't escape the thrill can you nope no nope. that's all no, right we gotta have it we, we 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 live for it i would think too in this kind of business and and you know i guess it's the same in any you have to have real thick skin you have to be able to uh compartmentalized if that's a good word to use about the fact that uh, you know, Tom Cruise is not ripping on you personally. He's ripping on just what he wants to see rather than what you've shown him. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, actually. Uh, yeah. And I'm um, from Chicago, so I have the thick skin. And uh, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely um, there's egos and uh, and and you have to do You know, you have to be the right person. Uh, and uh, adjust so it's it's uh definitely you know you're not taught that in school so much um but because uh, I, I i literally you know got right out of high school and went right into the business um i started at the bottom like mail room of a you know corporation i started as the production assistant and was getting coffees and taking the film to the lab and you know worked my way up for years and years in each each part of the the, the camera department and then uh 
and that's it's great to be at the at the top and have that um you know uh behind me so you mentioned as we're taping right now you haven't seen uh maverick yet now i'm i'm curious too from your perspective you kind of know, you you know the secret sauce because you've been there. And when you go yeah. to watch this movie, what is it like for, I mean, can you actually just relax and take it in? Or are you constantly going, man, I missed that shot. Man, I should have gotten that shot. Yeah, I have to see a movie twice. Uh, the first time, I, it's kind of a walk down memory lane. It's kind of a, like, oh, we went through that to get that. And yeah, well, that day got that. And oh, that, yeah, that's, <laughs> so um, yeah, there's a bit of that. I try to enjoy a movie. And uh, probably one of your questions would be, how do you know it's good or not? And you never really do when you're working on it. You know, you, you really don't know if it's going to be good. And it's a movie can be made or break broken in the in the edit alone. Uh, you know, so I, I've had a lot of movies that I've worked on that never made it out, like I said. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's really a, a, a tricky thing to find out what what is good, you know, um, uh, my dad worked on some great movies back in the future, back, <laughs> back in the future, uh, back in the past as well. And, uh, you know, he, he never really realized what movie, you know, he did E.T., uh, you know, and um, uh, many other movies that are, you know, kind of like in the past, like Deliverance, uh, you know, which was a really gnarly movie, you know, on the river. And then I, I did The Revenant. And we had Leo in the river, but he was in a cage controlled on a belt, you know, uh, whereas on Deliverance, they were in rafts and they were going down the rapids, you know, and there was everything is done so much more um, controlled now in the in the industry. Everything is is, you know, is thought out and planned where it was a lot more kind of uh, gorilla in the old days. So a lot of that's. A lot of that's gone and a lot of the art side of it's gone and it's gotten much more corporate now. Uh, you know, we lost someone to a harassment suit that he just said something wrong to the wrong person and then boom, he was gone. And, you know, it's a completely different world now. It, it used to be a free for all. There was obviously a massive amount of drugs in the business and uh, in, in the budgets. And and that's how some of these great movies got made was on an amazing amount of drugs. Like, I don't know how they did it, but uh um, you know, it's, it's a much more controlled, uh, business now, um, seeing that changes over the last 30 years is, is really been the, the biggest change in the business, I would say. So you mentioned kind of the hierarchy, uh, in the movie business there, you know, the producers are the ones that are funding the film and they're the ones that are hiring all the talent and, and hiring, uh, the camera operators and, and such. The director is the kind of the kind of the manager of the team, if you will, because he's there all the time. She's there all the time. I'm sure yeah. it's got to be a little bit different with each different individual because they probably have their own unique styles and how they like to get from point A to point B. Sometimes it probably goes from point A to point A point five to A point six to yeah. B. But some, you know, yeah. probably go could skip B and go to C. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very true. Some directors, uh, you know, they know your job. Some don't. Some know your name. Some don't. You know, it's it's yeah, it's really a, a different and you have to adapt to that as well. You know, uh, you work with David Fincher, who, you know, I did Fight Club and Panic Room and Girl with a Dragon Tattoo with him. Um, he's very intense and knows your job. And, you know, if you're weak, he'll he'll just fire you. You're just gone. You just don't come back. You know, Uh other directors, you know, just completely rely on you and they just, you know, 
uh, deal with the actors and, 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 and then some are more hands-on, some are much, very much into art department and very much into what the look is and some, you know, you know, just kind of, you know, over a generalization of it and they let everyone do their kind of creative and then, some, you know, so yeah, everyone's always constantly adjusting to that, uh, that side of it. And you're like, you're going with this director, you're like, oh, okay, that's okay. I'm going to be in that mode. <laughs> um, you know, Spielberg only does one or two takes. That's it. You, you rehearse it and you know what you're doing and you roll camera and that's it. Got it. Oh, I had one technical problem. Uh, okay. We'll go one more time. Um, on the other hand, David Fincher does 26 takes of of the same thing over and over and over again to the point of where you've gotten so used to the thing that you're sick of it. And then like you emotionally come back around and like approach the character different. There's all kinds of different approaches to, to that. Um, but yeah, the director is normally King. Um, sometimes the director hires the crew and sometimes the cameraman hires the crew and sometimes the producers hire. It depends. Like Tony Scott had everything to do with everyone on the set michael bay same thing you know he controls everything he looks at you know oh you don't need two of these uh tripods you don't need you know he gets right into the micromanaging of the camera package and then some directors don't even know what a camera package is you know so um yeah it's a it's a wide wide variety um tv shows are more uh directed by committee and the producers and the showrunners and the director's not king on a on a tv um, or streaming as they are in movies. Movies, the director is, is really king. I mean, uh, unless it's a director that's never directed before and then there's, you know, a bunch of people steering him or her in a direction and they, you know, either do good or fail or uh, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's a lot of uncharted waters for, for things. But you hire good people around you and, uh, and you're taken care of and that's normally what what you do. I think they even tell you that in film school, you know, you don't have to be good, just get a bunch of good people around you and you'll, uh, unfortunately that's the business now and it's much more saturated, you know, it was much more difficult to get in, you know, the unions were tough and um, you could, you had to know somebody to get in in the old days and they just weren't letting everyone in and there was a group system, you know, if you were one of the top guys, you worked all the time and if you weren't working, then no one else could work down below you and the group two and three, you know, three couldn't work unless one and two were working. And, and now it's a free for all. It's very saturated. You know, it's, uh, um, it's a very different business in the sense that, you know, anyone can do it now with video cameras, the technology changed all that. Uh, you know, when it was filmed, you had to know what you were doing. You couldn't wing it. You couldn't fake it. Uh, with a digital camera, you know what you get, right, when you look at it. So, right, I mean, there's still many things to obviously learn and a uh, huge amount of things to learn. And we're always learning. You know, I'm still learning in 33 years in the business. But, um, you know, there's no real set rules, you know. It's all kind of like winging it, you know, and figuring it out on the day. And sometimes don't work and we go retry them again. And, uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a, a crazy crazy uh job way of life we have we'll have more of our conversation with john t connor noted camera operator and cinematographer in just a moment the andy mazer podcast is sponsored by roots pizza part of the 5050 group with four locations throughout the city of chicago south loop old town lincoln square and the flagship restaurant in west town 
Roots features Quad City-style pizza with the ingredients on top of the cheese, and it's cut into strips. The crust is malted for that hint of sweetness with every bite. Don't forget to order the mozzarella sticks. They are simply life-changing. Roots is open for dine-in and carry-out. For the restaurant location near you, head to rootspizza.com or download their app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Roots Pizza, take it from me. It's so good. The Andy Mazur Podcast. Now, back to Andy. So I sit in a movie theater, and it's two hours, two and a half hours, and I sit there, and I take it in, and I go home and go about my day. Two hours takes sometimes, what, two years uh, to complete uh, the project? Is that about, uh, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, uh, most movies now, they've gotten smaller in the newer, newer, you know, years of things, of making things. There's a much tighter schedule, but... Most movies are, you know, anywhere from 60 to 100 days. It used to almost all be over 100 days. It's very, very rare now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, on, on The Revenant, we, we filmed, you know, basically two minutes of, of a day. So it took over, you know, a year plus, um, you know, with... Uh, Smaller movies like Wag the Dog, I know she just popped up there. We did that in 30 days. And it's the same hour and a half. Obviously, there's not as many things going on. But obviously, the bigger explosions and car stunts and, you know, second units of big things that you're doing or if VFX or, you know, uh, obviously, your, your, your time can really expand. Um, but a simple little, you know, movie is, is 30 days or 20 days even. Um, I even did a, a movie in 15 days. And I did three movies back to back, war movies in 15 days each. So 45 days for three movies. Um, so very challenged, very no money, no, no, not, not many crew, not many, you know, uh, uh, you don't have many tools to use. So it's very challenging on the bigger movies. Yeah. You know, you literally shoot sometimes uh, a half a page of dialogue, which, you know, um, is it could be the world burning, though. You know, the script could read. Atlanta burns, you know, half a page, you know, and it's like, it's obviously a big thing. So yeah, most, uh, most projects are, are right around three months. Okay. So it does allow you a little flexibility if you want to work on multiple projects within, within one year. I mean, it, 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 it kind of confused me a little bit because to think that, you know, you're committed to one project for as long as you are. And sometimes you may let some other things have to go by because you're working for, uh, you know, a big, a big yeah. production. Yeah, I've turned down some bigger movies than I've done. Some, and some, I've turned down a lot of, lot of great movies. And sometimes you burn the bridge, and sometimes you go back. And uh, yeah, it's a freelance business, so you know I'm, I'm actually unemployed now, happily, after uh, 113-day um, Jack Ryan in Budapest and Canary Island. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to take a little time off, but uh, I'll have to get back at it in the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, you just got to find your next job and then choose that job. And then sometimes there'll be a few and, um, yeah, I had to make a choice between Top Gun and shooting a show when I was operator on Top Gun and DP on a, on a show. And I turned down the bigger, uh, move to do the bigger movie. And even though the camera operating doesn't really forward my career, cause I'm not operating anymore really per se, um, that, uh, you know, it's kind of like just this just being involved in the project is getting me um some but 
some you know traction so to speak in where I'm going but uh, ultimately it's not what I do so it's yeah it's kind of a, a tricky thing uh, it was a tricky catch-22 rock in a hard place you know uh, situation of which one do I do and it's always tough but you always make the right decision right like you, with sports or whatever you go to a different team I've seen car racers go from one team where they're doing really well they go to another team and then never do well but they're happy because they're doing more or they're the first main driver and not the backup driver you know so yeah you know it's it's tricky I, I don't regret too many I turned down Pirates of the Caribbean which means I turned down one two three or however many there are, uh, and burned the bridge with that, you know, um, crew, um, because I chose to do another project and go a different direction, um, which, you know, I look back on and I don't regret, but you never know, you know, uh, and then I gave, uh, I gave a guy that job, which he did all the other ones and put him in a really good spot. Uh, he thanked me one day, uh, <laughs> Finally. at one point. Yeah. At some point. But um, but yeah, it's it's really tricky, you know. That's 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 the tough one, and especially when two big movies, or you know, hopefully, it's a good situation to be in. So, it's you can never get upset that you know you're having to make a choice because just being you know uh, fortunate enough to make that to have that you know situation is is great. So. So I'm looking at your IMDb page, and it, it reads like a who's who of uh, of movies, and you know I I go I go back to. One that I circled, and it was in 1990. You were the second assistant cameraman on Kindergarten Cop. And the reason I circled oh, wow. that is because I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, that starred Arnold Schwarzenegger. Your name yeah. is John Connor. That's yeah. the Terminator. What the, how yeah. did that, did you have a conversation with him about it? Yeah, no, it was quite cool. I mean, that was quite a while ago. Um, but uh, yeah, he didn't believe me at first. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we got along really well because of that. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where my career started um, and took off from there on. Um, I did really well, uh, not because of Arnold, but um, just because of uh, the projects I was involved in. I worked with Robert Patrick years later, uh, you know, who was in T2, he was the cop. And, um, and I said, hey, I'm John Connery. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, buddy. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, no, I really am. I'm John Connor. He's like, yeah, I get that all the time. Thanks. <laughs> you know, he just did not want to hear it. And I had to show him my ID. And I'm like, literally, just look. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a it's been a good uh, thing to have that name uh, in the business. I put the T in there just because, uh, you know, to break it up a little bit because everyone's like, ah, wait, you know, sorry. But uh, it helps people remember my name, uh, you know, and it's it's come in handy uh, over the over the the past 30 years of, of uh, having a, a famous name. Megan Fox came up to me once in an elevator on uh, Transformers 2 when we were working on that. And uh, she's like, you got a cool name. And I'm like, wow, Megan Fox liked my name. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been good. Uh, it doesn't get me uh, into restaurants or, or you know, uh, anything like that. Uh, get me deals or anything, but yeah. So, cool name. Yeah, definitely a cool name. Uh, there's yeah. a couple of couple of movies early in your career that I think I might have been the only one to watch them, uh, <laughs> but I enjoyed how I got into That's college. Amazing. How I got into college. Yeah. That movie yeah. is so wow. underrated to me because yeah. there, there's a lot of people in that movie that became. And we're talking about Top Gun with the little tie yeah. in there with uh, with Anthony Edwards. 
yeah. it, it's just one of those fun movies that I think at the time, now it was 1989. That's when I graduated from college. I was going uh, through all that stuff. That was my life at that, you know, yeah. trying to get in, uh, you know, just four right. years earlier. But that, that was one of those movies that seemed to me it was underrated. I see it's on your resume. I'm like, yes, I got to talk to him about that one. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. I was, I was, you know, new in the business at the time. I started in 87. So I was pretty, I was a puppy. I was pretty green. And uh, yeah, my eyes were googly over, over this business and what we do and what we get to do and where we go. And yeah, it's, uh, it pretty much swept me in pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, great experience. And I still worked with some of those people that were on that project. It's amazing that you mentioned that. Um, I just talked to someone the other day that had mentioned it. So it's uh you know it's it's a it's a tight family that you you know you know for years and all the movies go down as you know um you know uh, great experiences and some bad ones uh but um but yeah that, that 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 was a good time back in the 80s i'm glad i wasn't the only one to watch it though i mean that that makes me feel better that uh, that you get something out of that one yes no there's a few there <laughs> that i'm embarrassed about but uh they're on there whether i wanted them to be or not I got joked around uh, Sergeant Bilko, which was a comedy, which I, you know, if you look at it, I didn't do too many comedies. I, I got I got into the action adventure and that's kind of where you, you stay. You know, once you do a certain type of movie, you you kind of stay in that because you're good at that. And um, I was able to kind of do that. It's like you don't want to get too stuck in horror, but you could be in a cult classic horror. So that could be good. So, yeah, picking the genre that you want to work in, like sometimes you don't have a choice. You just go where, where the work is. But. I always tried to pick the cooler projects that would come up, you know, uh, you obviously read the script and you try to guess on what kind of, a, you know, reading Fight Club. I never knew that that would be a cult classic. I, I didn't think that it would be taught in film school and, you know, and so well known. The movie only made $17 million and was gone in three weeks in, in theaters. Uh, so, it, you know, it, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Uh, my dad did a, one that was did really 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 well called kung fu something where they took half of a kung fu movie and they put a new movie they built the you know a new movie around the old movie and did put the two together and it did really good it's i can't kung pao was the name of it and it's a cold classic i had no idea and uh, people come up to me and they're like oh your dad worked on the wow you know so yeah you get a lot of that through the through the through the days of um working on interesting projects and cool projects. And then you got to work uh, on one film that uh, was an award winner and uh, Birdman uh, with, uh, with Michael Keaton. That was, uh, that was one of those movies that I went to see. And I would imagine uh, as a camera operator on a, on a movie like that, I was dizzy a lot of times when I was watching that movie just because yeah. of the way everything was moving, but it worked. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty wild way to do things. And, uh, and yeah, it was, uh, I didn't do the whole movie. I just did a little bit of the, the, the work here in Los Angeles. I didn't actually get to work with Keaton. I know all the crew that did it and the Steadicam operator that did the whole movie is a really good friend, um, Chris Harhoff. He, he uh, is one of the top Steadicam guys. Um, but um, he did all that work running through the hallways backwards and sideways. And uh, yeah, I was just, even, even in the industry, I was amazed at how they actually did that and pulled that off. It was, uh, definitely a feat and to blend the shots together. And this one kind of shot kind of idea was, was pretty, uh, pretty cool. I did a couple of short films that never, no one saw, uh, that I did this type of photography in. And it's, it's interesting. It's always, 
Um, it's always an interesting way to do things. Um, there's a movie now shooting in Prague that, um, that's doing a 30 minute one shot deal. And it's a bunch of shots sewn together, um, but it looks like a one shot kind of pass at everything, which is impossible, the stunts and everything that would, it's called Extraction 2. They did the same thing in, in Extraction where they're in a car chase and they throw the camera into the car, then the car drives and they get, jump out of the car. And it was a pretty cool movie. They're doing a, you know, a big Warner type situation. Those are always really tricky. So Birdman was definitely a standout um, project. The thing I always admired and I liked about my job uh, covering sports was that I knew when I went to the ballpark that day, I was probably going to see something that I had never seen before. I, I could never yeah. plan for the day. I could plan for what I wanted to do yeah. that day, but I could never plan for how the thing was going to turn out. And it, it always excited me. And I didn't realize it until, you know, for the last few years, I have not been around the ballpark. And it you, you kind of missed that adrenaline. So I'm wondering now if you're, you know, you say you're, you're between things right now. I mean, do you yeah. still kind of think, oh, man, I got to get back into this because I, I, I missed the thrill of it? Or do you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, I can wait. I'm just going to go to the next one. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I got a couple of projects I've been called about and some are exciting and some are not so exciting. And yeah, I just, uh, I think, you know, obviously some people get older and bitter, but I, I don't think I'm getting that at all. I still really enjoy it. And yeah, I, I think I lean more on the side of, I can't wait to go back to work, um, and do something cool. Cause you're being creative, you know, all day you're, you're figuring stuff out, you're problem solving, you're. You're using your brain. You're using everything you have and experiences from where you've been forever. And uh, it's enjoyable to apply all that, you know, and, and then to see the finished product up on a screen or on a TV and then to have people talking about it. So, yeah, it's um, it's it's far and few between where the projects get uh, noticed. But um, uh, everyone is an experience, no matter how big or how small. Uh, you know, there's always an experience to be had. So yeah, I, I, I still have the thrill quite, quite, you know, it, we don't really retire in this business. You know, you, you pretty much do it until you die. You know, it's like, it's, uh, it is truly a, a way of life, you know, and physically, as long as physically you can do it. But I've even seen people that are, are barely physically able to do it are still doing it because they just absolutely love it. You know? How much do you enjoy the ability to do different things on different projects? And is there one thing that uh, that kind of sticks out to you that says, you know, this is what I kind of like to focus on now? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to kind of hedge my my way into, you know, being a, a known cinematographer. Um, you know, you pretty much throw away your resume each time you move up a position. Um, you know, you suddenly don't work. And it's been a really tough eight years for me uh, in this transition and I'm also dealing with diversity, uh, which is it's really uh, tough to be a white male uh, in this business. Whether you're a director or a DP, you're not getting the jobs now. And I know that the white male has always had the jobs and they, you know, that, and it's time for other people and the diversity is good. And, you know, and everyone that's, uh, you know, deserving should be there. And um, but it's it's tricky when you've worked your for 33 years in the business and, and you can't get a job. Uh, it's really tricky for a lot of people and a lot of people are falling. And I watched my father kind of fall to that. Um, so I tried to start a little side business to have that to fall back on uh, in anticipation of that happening to me. 
Um, so, you know, you have to stay young, you have to stay uh, current, you have to stay uh, hip, um, you know, to, to stay um, in the business. So it's, you know, you constantly have to reinvent yourself, uh, you know, um, you know, you have to try the cool stuff. You can't be old school, even though you are old school, you, you know, I've had to adapt with the new school. Uh, the discipline isn't there that there used to be, you know, uh, we weren't even allowed to talk to actors. We weren't allowed to sit. We weren't allowed to eat on set. We, there was a whole, you know, uh, um, way to do things and etiquette, you know, and now, you know, my loader married Julia Roberts, you know, and, uh, everyone's like dating everybody and the actors are with camera people and grips and, you know, it's a whole, there's, it's, it's, it's good. The whole business has evolved into this different world. Um, it's quite different, but, uh, but yeah, I, I truly do uh, enjoy going to work every day um, and and trying to uh, do the coolest things out there. So yeah, I'm trying to point myself in a direction to do movies. Um, it's tough to do movies. TV's a little easier to fall into. And that's where I've kind of fallen into is the streaming networks. Um, that's kind of like where, and you can go places from there too. You can do a streaming show like uh ozark you know or something and and you get noticed because it's a great looking show it's a great acted show and the, the, you know, the stories are good and people go places from there um so i try to line myself up with the jobs that are are going to get noticed basically and those are usual usually visual uh jobs that that help me get noticed like a comedy is not going to do anything for me uh, other than pay my bills for the the, in the meantime but uh, doing something cool is is really where where you want to involve yourself. You know, you want to involve yourself with the best team out there. You know, you kind of try to, you know, make that your life and make that your universe. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit uh, kind of pre-thought out, you know, way to go. But you never know <laughs> where you go. Yeah, you know, you know, the streaming thing is interesting because you know, I, you and I grew up in a time where there were four TV channels, you know, you had the, uh, the NBC, CBS, uh, ABC and a Fox, maybe, you know, I didn't have, we didn't yeah. have Fox when we were growing up. And now it's like, I turn on my television and I, I look and I'm like, okay, do I go to Hulu? Do I go to Netflix yeah. prime video? Yeah. Let's see. There's Apple plus yeah. it's, it's, it's almost intimidating. I think because a lot of people will talk yeah. about shows and I'm like, wait a minute, I haven't caught up on that one yet. I mean, I can't get to this yeah. one yet. I have, I have too much time invested in the other one. But yeah. I think the point I'm trying to get to is that I kind of evolved with it because, you know, you can see some different things. Now, I bet you you could take some different risks and chances when you're talking about streaming rather than something that's going to live forever in a, in a theater or, you know, on, on video, for goodness sakes, or whatever. But is that the case? And also just the fact that there are more things now than there were then to really get involved in. Yeah. No, there are a lot more things. I did a great project. Uh, that was actually really a, a horrible project um, uh, last year called Monster. And it was basically about um, Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, uh, and, you know, and it was just weird because, in fact, Ernie says uh, that he knows one of the guys that was killed by Jeffrey Dahmer, that he went to school with him and he passed the baton to him. Um, but anyway, you know, we did that project last year. And obviously, it's the first time I've ever done something that's a true story. Um, so everything we were doing happened, you know, like the body parts and the refrigerator and stuff. And uh, the studio actually offered us therapy. 
I mean, it was, and the actor didn't show up two days on the show. And it was, you know, so, you know, it's really wild because you could be doing a comedy and it's funny and the great, but you know, you're doing a serious true story and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty gnarly what we go through and for months at a time and um, hours, hours of the day, you know, we do 12 hours minimum a, a day. And, um, but, um, but to your question, uh, or your, your comment about streaming. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, there's so much out there that it actually opens up opportunities to go multiple places and do multiple different kinds of cool projects. So it's actually really great. I mean, it is really fantastic because there were a certain amount of movies, big movies were done by the big guys, medium movies were done by the medium guys. And then there's the small movies you know, it's everyone else trying to make a, you know, a Juno or something like that, you know, a movie that gets noticed that uh, is very small and takes people places that that movie took people places. And it was a very simple, you know, coming of age kind of kids movie and, and bam, you know, so there's a lot more opportunities now with the streaming. I mean, geez, uh, and, and you could actually come up with an idea, take it to Apple or Netflix and they'll buy it. From you. I mean, like there's actually a, you know, it's, it's a, there's so much more content. And with COVID, like the content was all watched and the binge watching, you know, I'm guilty, you know, oh, yeah, I, watched, me too. I got COVID and I, I watched all three seasons of stranger things during my 10 day COVID uh, thing. So, um, yeah, you know, I, it's, it's definitely a different way to do things. Um, but, uh, I, I, I think it's a good thing. I, I, I think it's uh, really good for the business, but the content, there's so much more content out there. It's, it's great. It's really good. I know you're in LA now, but you are a Chicago guy. Uh, I have to imagine you're pretty happy with the way that Chicago has kind of put itself on the map as a, as a place where people want to go to shoot their, not only their, their big screen movies, but their, their television shows as well. There's a Chicago, yep. everything on NBC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, fantastic. And the teams there are fantastic. Um, you know, my dad originally from Chicago moved to LA uh, because that's where the work was Hollywood. Um, but now tax, you know, tax incentives are coming from States, Atlanta, Chicago, Detroit had one, Michigan had one, New Mexico's really big right now. Um, you know, and it's, it's great because it, it brings revenue to the cities and, and people, but the crews in Chicago are fantastic, you know, whereas before it was most, everyone had moved out. You had a couple of good crews and the good, the main show got the good crew and then there was no other good crew. And, but now they're, yeah, they're making a name and the studios that have popped up and, you know, uh, all the, all the services and the cameras and the lights and cranes and yeah it's uh it's a great place to work um i i wish i could work there more often <laughs> um but i, I am traveling more because la is not the place anymore uh for for making movies but um but uh yeah i've been lucky enough to be home for a while i got two kids you know so uh that's tough i'm hoping one of them gets in uh both girls um so they should do well in the industry now um my daughter could probably become a, a big DP faster than me at this point, and she's 18. Um, but uh, that's the way it is. Um, so I'm actually hoping that she, uh, you know, capitalizes on that, um, you know, with what she's learned from being on sets with me and such. And, uh, and you know, she'll have an advantage because um, it's, it's, it's pretty, you know, pretty uh, saturated out there with people. Everyone wants to be in the, the industry now. 
Okay, so as I mentioned at the very beginning, uh, this is generally more often than not something someplace we talk some sports, uh, and I, I've enjoyed uh, kind of getting away from it. But I would be remiss if I didn't ask you at least, you know, growing up in Chicago, y- you had to at least pay attention, right? I mean, you paid attention to the yeah. sports scene, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. My grandpa was huge. You know, he worked at the Tribune, and we took the, they took the L every day, and they never had a car and. So we'd go to the games, you know, we'd go to Wrigley, and I just always had a love that I didn't even realize, uh, you know, for, for baseball mainly. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I was a huge football fan, a huge hockey fan, um, and car sports. I'm really big into that now, uh, NASCAR. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's part of our lives growing up. That's kind of what we did, you know. And, um, yeah, I was too small for uh, – um, you know, most sports, but I was quick for football, but, uh, um, ended up in the business and then went that direction, you know? And now your buddy, Ernie Scadden, who again is the, uh, the big voice boomer that you hear at the beginning of our podcast and throughout the podcast as well, who's a good friend of John's. Uh, he is the, the manager or the head coach or the coach of the WGN radio softball team. And oh, you wow. shouldn't hear his post-game interviews. He is polished as oh. all can be. I'm telling you, he says all the right things. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Well, I'm going to have to get more in touch with that for sure because that's, uh, that's something I enjoy. That's cool. Yeah, I think you'll have to second-guess him a couple of times just to you know to keep him on the straight and narrow, you know? <laughs> you know I will. I, I, I trust uh, that you will. For. I trust that yeah. you will. Thank you. Just thank you for doing that. And thanks for taking the time. I, mean, I really appreciate it. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. I mean, it's it's – it's not every day you get to talk about the inner workings of, uh, of Hollywood and the movies. And, and now with, of course, Maverick coming out and, and being out and having uh, all the accolades it's gotten so far. I mean, just all the great press it's gotten. I, I can't wait to see it. And I, I'd love to get your impressions when you actually see it. Yeah, no, I'm going to go see it tonight. And uh, yeah, let's talk again for sure. Anytime. A big thanks to John T. Connor for joining me today on the podcast. You can check out his IMDB page to be completely blown away by all the projects he's worked on. It's a who's who of movies. I'll be back. We'll wrap things up here in just a moment. The Andy Mazur Podcast is sponsored by Roots Pizza, part of the 5050 Group, with four locations throughout the city of Chicago, South Loop, Old Town, Lincoln Square, and the flagship restaurant in West Town. Roots features quad city-style pizza with the ingredients on top of the cheese, and it's cut into strips. The crust is malted for that hint of sweetness with every bite. Don't forget to order the mozzarella sticks. They are simply life-changing. Roots is open for dine-in and carry-out. For the restaurant location near you, head to rootspizza.com or download their app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Roots Pizza, take it from me. It's so good. The Andy Mazur Podcast. Now, here's Andy. That is going to do it for this edition of the Andy Mazur Podcast, sponsored by Roots Pizza. Head to rootspizza.com for more information. I'd like to thank John T. Connor once again for joining us today. Also, hit that subscribe button wherever you're hearing this podcast so I know you're out there and enjoying what you're hearing. And if you do want to get in touch, you can head to the Facebook page for the Andy Mazur Podcast and leave a comment there. 
Also, we are on YouTube with clips and highlights of each episode of this podcast. That's it for this episode. Many thanks to the big earn, Ernie Scatton, the voice man, for his help as always. And thanks again to John T. Connor for joining me. And mostly, thanks to you for listening. Until next time, it's Andy Mazur saying, play nice, kids. Take care. Andy Mazur. Hi, pal. <laughs>